all the files of Oak Park. It tells her everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Hello out there on the internet. I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. And we talk a lot about encrypted phones on this show. Everyone loves a secure communication channel that no one can peer into, but some companies, well, if there's criminal activity going on, they're going to sell you out. And the cops, they've gotten very good at setting up honeypots and hacking into existing networks. But there's one encrypted service we know out there that is, as far as we know, still secure. It's called Number One Business Communication, and it's a favorite of the Italian Mafia. With us here today to tell the tale is Joseph Cox. How are you doing today, JC? All good. Very happy to be back to talk about the one thing I go on and on about. Encrypted, repeatedly. criminal encrypted funds. Well, I mean, it's a rich well. There keep being news stories, right? So Exactly. All right. So first off at the top, I want to mention that this piece is a collaboration Right, it was not just Motherboard that, that 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 did the investigation here. Can you tell us a little bit about who you wrote this with? Yeah, so this is a collaboration between Motherboard and a couple of Italian um, outlets. I mean, obviously, the expertise that they bring is in their understanding of the Italian mafia uh, access to material around there, whereas you know mine and our editors' experience is much more on the encrypted phone industry. Uh, writ large, you know, like I already knew about this company, uh, had been wanting to write about them for a while, but the opportunity had never really come up uh, until, you know, this collaboration came along. And that Italian angle, I think, really gave us a chance to say, hey, look, this is being used by some very serious people. Let's write about this company. What was it that kind of prevented you from just didn't have the news peg, just didn't know enough? It's mostly that, of course, multiple people have told me that this company, that we'll go into more detail in a minute, but uh, number one business communication, I knew that they sell to criminals. I've spoken to sellers who worked for them. I've spoken to competitors. I spoke to sellers who were thinking of working with that company. So I know they're in the same sort of space as Sky, Anchorage, Phantom Secure, all these names that... Uh, listeners will be familiar, familiar with and we'll go into more detail. Uh, but when you then get court records, uh, which we had in this collaboration, where alleged members of the Italian mafia are discussing moving to this specific brand, that's different. And that makes more sense. And it's like, well, now we can simply write that the Italian mafia appears to be using these phones. And there, there, there's a public uh, interest in that, you know, quite clearly. All right. So at the center of your reporting is I can't I cannot say this word. Uh, how do I? It's indie. It's the name of the crime family, right? I'd never heard of this before. Oh, oh my god! I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it as well. I'm 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 one of those people that never never uh, never says, says aloud. I mean the point the point being that we right. only mentioned this very very briefly just because that is the specific uh, organized crime group. But as the piece goes into, it is much more uh, broad than that. Right. And it's, uh, do we know a little bit more about what they're involved in? I know you kind of start the piece off with a story that involves a little bit of scene setting, a story that involves them and how this communication network is used. Uh, Can you walk us through that? Yeah. So in the 
four records that we got. There are transcripts of messages uh, with these um, mafia members uh, talking about smuggling in very large quantities of cocaine from Colombia into Europe. Um, and then we talk about one specific shipment where they discuss um, doing stuff like hiding the cocaine and bananas, uh, having a corrupt port worker flush and, and push the um, the drugs through. Um, Maya begins how to package the drugs so they can get through all of that sort of thing. Uh, and then the core records are a lot, lot broader than that because it's a very large criminal conspiracy, but we didn't go into that. Uh, and then last week, um, Europol and partners announced arrest of something like around 140 alleged mafia members. And they're accused of all sorts of things beyond cocaine trafficking. There's weapons smuggling uh, from Pakistan. There's money laundering, uh, all of this other sort of stuff. So all the sort of activity you would expect from a mafia group. Um, but obviously what we've pulled out and what we find in the string is the use of these specific phones. All right. Now tell me a little bit more. So it's a phone. It's not just a communication platform. Uh, well, somebody in the, it, somebody in it, chat it, is it, saying it is based on an iPhone. It is based so, on an iPhone. But okay. we, yeah. We made the decision to just call it an encrypted phone because it is part of that industry. Yeah. Uh, Undrungeta is what the somebody in chat is saying. And that sounds right. Uh, Undrungeta, sure. something like that. I'm sure. probably still screwing that up. Um, okay, so it's based on an iPhone. It was based on a BlackBerry, right? And the company is called Number One Business Communication. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it follows the same sort of arc as a lot of these other companies, which is they start on BlackBerry or sometimes even SMS before that. Uh, and then they evolve, you know, maybe to Android or maybe to iPhone or something like that. But yes, number one business communication, uh, early days, well, Blackberries, uh, and now in its current form, it's an app or sometimes a suite of apps uh, on iPhone. And you can't just go and download these um, from the app store. You have to have a reseller install the mobile device management profile, the MDM profile, you do that by plugging into a Mac. Uh, and then uh, no one BC can push the app to you. And that's how they update it. That's how they control their their suite, their fleet of phones. Um, and that's how a lot of these companies um, work as well. Um, so tell me a little bit more about uh, this, the way that you, you bust open, break open an iPhone and get this kind of encrypted uh, communication network set up on it. Because um, I was led to believe, you know, iPhones are supposed to be incredibly secure. You're not, I mean, I know people jailbreak them, but this is the kind of thing that you're, it's not supposed to be easy to do, right? Yeah, so I would think of it um, as pretty separate to jailbreaking. Don't, don't think of it as sort of modifying the phone. Um, think of it more as um, installing MDM, which is what something like a lot of companies do. You know, like if you have your work iPhone, maybe your company will install an MDM profile so they can like say, well, here's our custom sign-in app 
or we want to make sure that you don't install personal apps on this work device, uh, or we want to keep other stuff up to date. It's it's like that. It's using sort of the guise of tools that are usually for business communication, as the, as the name would imply. Uh, but here, but they're they're being used by you know alleged top tier criminals. So it's not a hardware modification. It's purely software. But MDM does allow you to run an iPhone while still playing around with some sort of customizability. Uh, this isn't exactly the same, but just a sort of another point of reference is, you know, iOS does have a test flight um, capability, which is where you're able to push custom apps outside of the app store. That's not what's being used here. It is using MDM, but iOS is not completely shut down uh, like that. There are these couple of avenues to get other apps on there. And are these post-Checkmate phones? Do we know? How, how do you mean post-Checkmate? As in, as in they've been jailbroken? Yes. Like you're, you're, so it's a completely di- it's a completely different system, basically. No, it, it, it's, still, it's still a normal iPhone. Which okay. is the interesting thing in that the encrypted phone industry has evolved from the Blackberries, which had physical modifications, you know, microphone taken out, uh, GPS taken out, that sort of thing. They then moved to Android that uses a lot of uh, uh, custom code, especially the operating system, because you can just remove the GPS code, that sort of thing. And then in the other direction, some of the companies, such as Sky, uh, did a bit of this, and no one BC does it, where you're using iPhones and you're just basically pushing a, a closed secure app onto the phone. But because that's a lot of companies... You know, we call it the encrypted phone industry. I didn't want to call it an encrypted app because I feel like that would potentially conflate it with things like Signal right. or Wire or something like that. And people go, oh, now we need to crack down on encrypted apps. It's like, well, no, they, even though it, no one BC is an app, it is on an infrastructure level pretty different. I would say, and, and business-wise, entirely different. Uh- Beast, I've got a couple questions from Chad here, kind of following up on that. Uh, that question about Checkmate was thinking about the company selling physical phones, but MDM, I guess, gives flexibility to bring your own device. Um, and then from Beastmaster80, what MDM software are they using? Can't it, I assume it's a custom job, right? Interestingly, it is BlackBerry's MDM <laughs> on an iPhone. Uh, I don't think many people know this, but BlackBerry basically offers its own MDM solution for businesses and that sort of thing. And I think Sky used this as well uh, before it got shut down. Uh, but then if you go on the No One BC website, you can see a video where they're using it. And a source told me that it's the BlackBerry one. But it's not like they're doing it on Blackberries. Again, it's on iPhones, but they're using Blackberry's MDM solution because it works, apparently, to be able to push apps and update apps and, uh, and that sort of thing. Now, the apps themselves will be custom, uh, heavily so. You know, that is the No One BC app. That is their app. But it's not their own MDM, it's the BlackBerry. Right. If we scroll down here, we can see kind of what it looks like. This is the this is the app, right, within the iPhone? Yeah, and you have everything you'd expect. You know, chat messages, files, that's sort of like a vault, I guess, and the contacts, you know. It's... I wouldn't say it's bare bones, but it's not exactly over the top either. You know, where we've had other encrypted phones, such as a NOM that was secretly run by the FBI, that, that had everything. 
that was, that was like, as some people have told me, you know, the Royals Royce of encrypted phones. This is, I mean, I don't know. It's maybe the Honda Civic of encrypted phones. It kind of just does the job. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, it's reliable. It's, it's not flashy, but it gets you from point A to point B. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and, and I mean, and that's a good opportunity to bring up in that obviously we've covered a lot of encrypted phone companies that have been hacked, compromised, shut down. Not only is no one BC still operating, you know, they, they updated their website in January, um, although, you know, maybe it's up and down. Um, at the moment, they don't appear to be compromised, at least according to some of the court records that were unsealed last week during the mafia arrests. There's a section in one of them that says, I'm paraphrasing, but it says basically these no one BC messages were not intercepted, uh, suggesting that the Italian authorities, at least at the time in that instance, did not have access to those messages, which is interesting. You know, when all of these other companies have been compromised, this one uh, is still going somewhere. So we know that a lot of, I think, first of all, I think it's interesting. The, the link we have to the website is from the Internet Archive, right? They're, they're, as far as we know, the website is down at the moment. Uh, but I wanted it's still to pull- up. It's still up. It just looks very, very different now. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of curious what it looks like now. Or is it like a string up? Go go on no1bc.com and you'll see what it looks like. But it looks a lot more modern now. It used to run Flash everywhere. That was a real pain for me to go through the Internet Archive. Gross, yeah. Um, And yeah, it may not load right now, but a video will appear there and it'll show people how to install the app. Uh, If you scroll down, there's just stuff like become a seller and and that sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, this looks like a modern website now. But as recently as... When was this archived? Okay, this was fairly. This one was t- 2009, so this is kind of when it first crops up, right? This is the initial yeah. pitch that we're looking at now. Yeah, and, and for audio listeners, what we're looking at is a much more rudimentary website. There's just an image, some text saying, you know, number one business communication, we encrypt your messages, all of that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, the company launched in 2008, 2009. Um, and the, the marketing here, at least, the, the, the top of the website, there are, you know, two business people, uh, three business people chatting on their phones. Um, nothing overtly criminal about it. And to be fair, you know, even with the website today, there's nothing overtly criminal about it either. It's when you start to go underneath the surface by talking to sources and digging up court documents, you start to see what business these people are actually in. That's kind of how this encrypted phone stuff works generally, right? Like there is a market uh, and it is a real, there are reasons that you wouldn't want people listening in on your conversation, whether those people are uh, the corporate, like corporations or governments, there is a market, a legitimate market for say like dissidents in other countries that are fighting against an oppressive government to need secure communications, right? Um, oh, 100%. And we need to be careful of not lumping all all secure communications companies together. Again, that's why I'm hesitant to even bring any sort of comparison to Signal or Wire or, or Wicker or anything like that. Um, but there is an underground industry of these companies that do cater specifically to criminals. Sometimes they start legitimate and then they lean in to their criminal base like Phantom Secure did. Some are designed by organized crime for organized crime, such as NPC that we revealed before was actually created by two on the run 
uh, drug trafficking kingpins who may or may not be dead in Brazil now. We, we're not sure, but there's a suspicion that they were murdered. Uh, and then you have other ones such as Sky that was the biggest, which claims uh, it's entirely legitimate, but it undoubtedly serves massive slices of the organized crime world through its distributed network of sellers. So it, it's a it's a move. It's sort of either black or very gray. Uh, but these are the companies we're talking about. We're not talking about the signals and, and the wires and that sort of thing. All right. So listeners, we're going to pause there for a break. We'll be right back after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, cyber listeners, welcome back. We are talking about the Italian mafia's favorite encrypted phone with Joseph Cox. I've got another question from chat. Uh, I think speaks to speaks to something we talked about kind of at the top of the show. Uh, is it known if the app IPS images have ever leaked publicly? Uh, I had uh, a bit of a look around and I couldn't find one immediately accessible. I did find versions of their Windows phone app <laughs> and their BlackBerry one, uh, but I don't have a Windows phone or a BlackBerry and I really could not be bothered to go through the steps of emulating that uh, on a tight deadline. <laughs> But uh, I, I haven't I haven't seen um, I haven't seen a version of the, of the modern iOS release. I would love to have a go and poke around a poke around one. Like I have I have the Sky app, I have the Cipher app, I have the Anon phone. I don't have an OMBC one right now. So where would you even get a BlackBerry now? I'm sure there are places that you can go and just get a BlackBerry. Right? You can probably get one on eBay. What am I saying? You can get anything on the yeah. eBay. Um, eBay would be the the place, and sometimes you can even get the encrypted Blackberries on eBay as well. Like during the time, you you, you could get those sort of things. If I want a number one BC phone, uh, for whatever reason, where would I? How would I go about acquiring one, and what would it cost me? It's very similar to how you get phones from these other encrypted phone sorts of companies. You would typically need to know either a distributor or maybe the resellers below them. It would be, you know, maybe a face-to-face meeting, that sort of thing. We did also find a few phone shops that do sell these. And now I say phone shops in a very general sense because I'm not talking about your T-Mobiles, your Vodafones, that sort of thing. These are independent phone shops where you might go in and they'll sell refurbished phones. They'll also sell... um, all sorts of other things such as, um, you know, like money counters. Um, they may sell laptops as well, but sometimes under the counter, uh, or if you know what to ask for, they will sell you uh, these sorts of encrypted phones. They may not do it um, if you're a completely random person off the street, but that's how you might go about one. It's basically a, a distributed network of people you need to find. So interesting point from uh, Beastmaster80 again in the chat. With MDM, you control various aspects of the devices, and you can see everything if you want to. So I wouldn't even think about getting one. Uh, 
I mean, that's one of the, the that's why a corporation uses an MDM essentially, right? Because you want to be able to have a top level of control over what's going on in the device. Yeah, and it's entirely beneficial to them, and it does have benefits for the encrypted phone industry, but it does present a risk as well. I mean, if I remember correctly, when Sky uh, was hacked by European officials, uh, in tandem to that, US officials seized a bunch of domains belonging to the company. And then I'm not sure exactly what happened there, at least in the way I can say publicly right now, but uh, the BlackBerry MDM was an issue there as well. And it was somehow, it somehow interfered with the operation of the phones. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. So it does present a risk as well to these, these criminal uh, users. Another good question from chat that I think uh, you kind of get to at the very beginning of the story, uh, the written version. Are there any open source criminal message exchange protocols so that you can phone someone with a different brand of criminal phone? Or is this a walled garden? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. It used to be a lot more open because these encrypted phones used to just send PGP emails to one another. And, you know, we know that email is interoperable, right? You can use a Gmail account and you can send a message to a Yahoo account or whatever, right? Um, That used to be the case with these phones because they were just basically sending emails that happened to be encrypted as well. Then Phantom Secure uh, and some other companies very early on in this space realized we don't want that. We want people to be closed on our network and only allow them to communicate to one another if they both have our phone. It's a business decision, right? And it also has some security benefits as well of keeping people out. Um, and that is basically the norm now where you'll have these companies, be them Sky, be them Encro, uh, be them No One BC, and they're typically closed networks now. And I mean, they generally don't send encrypted emails anymore. It's you know, it's either something based on Jabber, which is, you know, a way of sending instant messages to one another, and then you'll add encryption on top of that. Uh, or, as EncroChat did, some of them just use the Signal protocol, which is out there. It's open source. It's fine. You grab it. Uh, and then you basically made your own uh, Signal, at least under the hood. So you talked to one of the resellers. Can you tell me a little bit about what that conversation was like? What were their motivations? Um, what could they tell you? Yeah, so this was a former No One BC seller who I've known for some time. Um, you, you know, like through, through years of reporting this, because I think we're basically the only outlet that has treated encrypted phones as an industry in themselves, in the same way you might cover Facebook or Twitter, right? Uh, So you build up a lot of sources during that time. And when we started working on this piece, I knew a guy who used to sell them on BC phones, so I reached back out to him. I'm not going to say the exact platform it was on, but it was, you know, another encrypted messaging app. And they're quite short conversations. It varies from source to source, right? This was very, here's my question, here's the answer, here's my question, here's the answer. Uh, but they provided some very useful information uh, about how much it costs. And, you know, it was something like, I think, 1,300 euros for uh, six months. They pointed out that No One BC doesn't offer free months like some companies do, because what a lot of users like to do now is that while these companies are being targeted, they don't want to stay on any one platform for too long, you know? So they may not want to buy a six-month or a 12-month subscription, Maybe they just want to get a free month subscription, do their drug trafficking operation or whatever, uh, and then move on to another phone. 
So they were kind of lambasting their own BC for that. But that's how a lot of these conversations go. Um, I do talk to sources in other ways. And uh, I mean, without getting more specific, I sometimes meet these people in person. You know, I won't say who, I won't say where, but I treat them the same as I treat any other source, which is generally with respect and fairness and you know, I, I'm just hoping to get information I think is in the, the public interest. And that applies whether they're, you know, from law enforcement, whether they're a drug trafficker or whether they're somebody who sells these phones. It's actually not all that different. Can you tell me a little bit about one of the kind of characters behind the company? Because I, I, it's another one of the interesting aspects about this story is kind of how much you report on the inner workings of it uh, and like who's kind of behind the business. Who is Roy Living's? Sure. So before I just go into specific names, um, this didn't get into the piece because I think it's clear, but it's good to say it out loud. I don't typically do journalism, and I, I have done some, but I don't make a habit of doing a, here's the guy behind this. You know what I mean? Because actually, at the end of the day, I don't think individuals matter that much. What is interesting is the sort of person that is and what it shows about the phenomenon or the company or the trend you're looking into or whatever it is. So the reason we've named people here is because they come from very distinct backgrounds and it shows you that no one BC is not a straight clear cut company. <laughs> right. And now, I, uh, yes, and now I'll explain who these people are and listeners will understand what I'm talking about. Roy Living's was somebody who was selling no one BC phones. This is according to some really old court documents we got back in the days when no one BC was on BlackBerry. And he was eventually convicted for importing 168 kilos of cocaine. That's a lot of cocaine um, from, I can't remember where, but into Portugal via a yacht. And he's caught ultimately, you know, convicted of cocaine. He's also, they find a briefcase full of these no one BC phones. He's convicted. You then have somebody else very soon after, uh, Ellie uh, Gambel, I think is how you pronounce his name. And he was also uh, selling these phones, or at least had his name on the corporate records. And then he was convicted of money laundering. And this was in 2011, 2012, up to 2014, all around that sort of time. So relatively soon after the company started. And it's already got somebody who would later be convicted of massive drug trafficking and somebody who was later convicted of laundering millions of euros of Colombian drug money. They're not the sort of people you may not want working for your company, or maybe you do if this is the sort of company you want to make. But that's why we immediately included them, because you can see, that, okay, this is not an ordinary phone company. And you also got one of the, you kind of found out information about one of the tech people too, Right. Yeah, there's basically two other people we named, and, and we'll talk about the other one in a minute, but the first one is this Ukrainian technologist, is how I describe them. Uh, the, the name's in there, and how I found this was, I, I just went through the who is data of the domains, of no one BC, uh, and then, you know, you find various other domains, you pivot off those, you go through that who is information, and because this company is fairly old now you know we're only talking about it now because we know it's being used by the mafia but it's been going for years and operating in the shadows it's existed before gdpr which basically ruined who is data by making everything private so if you go far enough back in the data 
you can find who's linked to these websites. And that's what I did. I then did various other things. I found this LinkedIn. I found a testimonial that he, this isn't in the piece, but I found a testimonial that he left on a uh, plastics manufacturing website saying, thank you for making our token. And I'm pretty sure that relates to this other extra tool that no one BC sells. I found his his Facebook, uh, all, all this other sort of stuff. And importantly, he commented, uh, and one of the our Italian collaborators found this. He commented on a on the Facebook profile of that convicted money launderer, who already know is linked to no one BC. So you start to find connections between all these different people, and at first you're not sure. Well, maybe maybe this just is maybe this is a guy with the same name. You know what I mean? But then you find, well, no, he's in direct communication with the guy who was selling for the phones for no one BC and then was convicted of laundering millions for of Colombian drug money. Um, and I thought that was interesting because you have to remember there is always a techie behind this. Often it's not the sellers. Sometimes the sellers are just the guys with the connections. Maybe they're in drug trafficking themselves. Maybe they're selling these phones as a, as a sort of legal or semi-legal stepping stone to get out of the drug trafficking business. Uh, and that's how they justify it to themselves and they believe it's legal. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But then you also have the techies as well who are making the the app. Now, I don't know whether this guy fully designed the app or not, but he describes himself as a, as a CTO on, on his LinkedIn. So uh, I believe he's linked to the tech side. Why do you think this thing has had such a, is it as old as 2009, the oldest instances that you, instance you were able to see, or does it go back farther? I think the domain itself was registered in 2008, but the first useful archive I saw was 2009. So mm-hmm. around that time. It seems like the shelf life of these companies is not very long. Um, we're talking about Sky and some of the other companies and programs that we've covered on the show. This one is still around, uh, going strong, apparently. How, you know, what makes it so successful? That's a good question. And you, I think you're right about the shelf life of some of these. And, you know, all of the major players, except no one BC, have been taken out. Uh, as for why it's still successful, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the in the room at the FBI, at Europol, or anywhere like that. But um, I asked the San Diego FBI, uh, who investigated Phantom Secure and shut it down. They investigated Sky and the ones who made the Anom platform. I asked the San Diego FBI, "Are you aware of No One BC?" They say yes. Well, are you investigating it? They declined to say. That is to say. The investigations of these encrypted phone companies can be quite opportunistic, you know, like Phantom Secure shut down because the FBI happened to target that company. They, the FBI also targeted Sky uh, as well as the Europeans. The FBI did not target EncroChat. That was a purely European operation. So what I'm trying to say is that it, it really depends what law enforcement agency gets involved, what evidence they have, if they even have evidence they they could actually use to prosecute these sorts of companies uh, and whether it sort of crosses their domain, you know, like this is entirely speculation, but they say, well, I'm, I'll do it more hypothetically. If I'm a law enforcement agency and I, I kind of know no one BC is sketch and they're probably doing criminal stuff. I'm not going to, or maybe I can't launch an investigation unless it has some sort of nexus to my own agency or my own country. Right. You know what I mean? Like may, maybe, 
And it says this in the piece, a source tells me that no one BC is particularly big in Serbia, Croatia, that sort of thing. You know, if I'm the German police, maybe I don't care about that, or maybe I can't care about that just yet. Well, and also monitoring an infiltration of the last remaining uh, reputable, quote unquote, uh, encrypted you know, communication app like this would be a boon as well. And if you take it down, all that monitoring goes away. But sure. we sure. don't have any evidence that that monitoring is going on whatsoever, to be clear. Yes, we don't have any evidence that it is. The Italian court documents said the messages weren't intercepted. There is an interesting message that I saw on the No One BC site in January. It's now being removed. But it says, we updated our signing certificates, which is, you know, putting it very broadly, a little bit of code, data, a file, however you want to say it, that verifies, hey, this app that I just downloaded, that's an official one that comes from No One BC. Now, entirely theoretically, if a malicious party uh, was able to change the certificates to their own, they could push an app that looks like it's coming from No One BC when it's actually not. And that was just an interesting message. doesn't mean that is not enforcement. It could easily be No One BC just updating their infrastructure. But when you're in the encrypted phone business, you pay attention to something like that because that is still very, very notable. I think that's a good place to wrap up this discussion of uh, the latest encrypted phone drama. Uh, I'm going to take us out of the podcast. Can I get you to stick around on the stream for a little bit? Talk a little bit, a little bit of uh, something else, maybe some Frank Ocean AI. Absolutely. All right. Let me, let me finish this recording. All right, Motherboard listeners and viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like the podcast and you are uh, listening after the fact, we do record these live every Thursday around 2 p.m. Eastern. We are up on youtube.com forward slash Motherboard TV and at twitch.tv forward slash Motherboard TV. Follow us there to be notified when we go live. Uh, we're going to have Corey Doctorow on next week. We're going to be talking about his new book, Red Team Blues. I've not quite finished it. Uh, I'm almost done. It's really good, and I'm very excited to talk to him about it. Uh, it's a crypto noir, uh, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good chat. And I hope that some of you will watch it live next week. All right, I will uh, see you all then. Goodbye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.